בשבועות אנחנו נמחית על מטבע, Wealthy Wives, אין היא ניזונת ואין היא עושה. This piece of Gemara is very fascinating because it explores the financial relationship, the rights and obligations of the husband and wife. Uh, and, and we know how much difficulty in relationships finances sometimes bring, not, not only in marital relationships, but certainly in, in marital relationships, especially where there is money. When there isn't any money, then it's okay, kind of it works. But when there is money, uh, it, money can be, become a, a source of, of conflict and tension in a marriage. So what is the, the Torah's approach to the, the, the financial relationships? We have a very fascinating machlokes between Rav Huna and Resh Lokish, which is a machlokes not only in halacha, which it is, of course, but it is also a machlokes in worldview, into how each of them sees the financial relationship between husband and wife. Uh, bearing in mind that the Rav Huna and Resh Lokish are from different worlds. Rav Huna is, is Bavel. He's a, a, a Talmud of Rav and the successor of Rav is the Rosh Hashiva of Surah. So Rav Huna was... Uh, the most influential, probably the most influential halachic authority in Bovel uh, during that period, the third, fourth century. Um, and at the same time, Reish Lokish was in Eretz Yisrael. So the, the, the place is different, but their, their time is the same. They're actually parallel. Uh, Reish Lokish, Rabbi Yochanan's brother-in-law, he was a, a force in Eretz Yisrael. And it's Rav Huna and Reish Lokish that have these different views which are brought in our Gemara on Daphnun Chesamud Beis. Omar Rav Huna, Omar Rav. Rav Huna said in the name of his Rebbe, Rav, Yechola Isha Lomar Lebaala Eni Nizonet Veeni Osa. As we'll see in the Rambam in a few moments, then we've learned in the Gemara already, the Torah gives the woman, the, the, the husband, the obligation to support his wife, However, if the wife works, and according to Al-Akha, she has, he is entitled to insist that she works to a certain degree in certain areas, any income that comes from her work belongs to him. Uh, however, Ravuna says she has control over that relationship. She can opt for that arrangement and say, um, I'm, I, I'm happy with that, I want to be supported by you, and whatever income I bring belongs to you. Um, or she can say, I want to be independent. I don't need you to support me. I want to be in my own business. I want to run my own finances. Um, so it's a, it's a very rough. Huna's approach is quite a modern uh, approach, giving the woman complete control over how she wants to run the financial relationship between herself and, and her husband. Kasava Kita Kinu Rabbonin, Rav Huna holds that when the Rabbonin were metaken, when they instituted... Uh, this, this principle, Mezoni Ikar, the main thing was in her favor. So, so there are two reciprocal arrangements. She, he supports her, she works for him. Says the Gemara that according to Rav Huna, the, the main part of that Takana is that she gets support if she wants it. So why does she have to give him her income? Because of Ava, because we don't want resentment to build up in the marriage. Now, it's really very interesting because we don't have this idea in, in other areas. We're not afraid in our heart to say you're obligated to pay X, Y, or Z. Uh, we, we say that all the time, don't we? The, you damage a person, you have to pay. We don't say, mm, we're afraid that you might resent paying the person. 
So, so he's going to pay something in return. Where do we see this mishumeva? We're afraid to impose an obligation because we're afraid of resentment. But the problem is that, that marriage is about shalom. Marriage is about shalom bias. The whole principle of marriage is, is peace and, and interaction and tranquility. That's what the, mar- the whole marriage is. And everything that's designed in the marriage is designed for that. So although, as we'll see, the Torah, according to, the, to most poskim, the, the fact that he has to support her is midoraisa. The Torah says that. The Torah did not say that, that she has to give her income to him. That the Rabbonin said. And it's interesting, the word takana, which we talk as legislate, regulate, what enacted a law, however you like to think of a takana, but the word takana comes from tikkun. They correct an imbalance which the Torah causes. Now, of course, the Torah doesn't cause the imbalance. It's our imbalance as human beings that that result in an imbalance when the Torah law is, is enacted. So because we're not a perfect, the Torah is perfect. But we're not perfect, and society isn't perfect. So if you apply a perfect system to an imperfect environment, you're going to get an imperfect outcome. So the Chachomim do the balancing. That's the Tikkun, that's the Takana. They are metakein, they, they balance, they calibrate, they correct um, the, the, the inter- interactions between people so that the outcome of the Torah laws should be as the Torah wants them. What does the Torah want in a marriage? It wants peace. The Torah says a woman wants security. She wants to be supported. And the Torah makes sure that that's part of the marriage, support your wife. But there's a possibility that that obligation to support the wife particularly if the wife's a wealthy woman. Maybe the wife is a, is a very wealthy woman and the husband is struggling and now we say, and you have to support her. And he says, but my wife is wealthy and we say, that's tough, you still have to support her. That, that, that would cause resentment. He goes working his head off to support his multimillionaire wife and she buys jewelry from, from Tiffany's and Cartier and she travels first class around the world. He's a coal young man. And he works through the night to be able to give her food. And, and it, 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 there's, there's Avos, says the, says the, okay. So then it's got to work both ways. If he supports her, then her income belongs to him. But she's entitled to say, I don't need your support. And I don't, I won't give you my income. And then again, we've achieved it. There's no, there's no resentment. This is just about avoiding resentment. Therefore, if she says, I don't want your money and I don't want to give you mine, she's able to do that. But Reish Lakish sees it differently. Reish Lakish says the core institution here is his right to her income. The husband is CEO of a joint business. When you get married, it's not just the, the emotional marriage and the spiritual marriage and the domestic marriage. There's also a financial marriage. And you pool the assets and the husband is the CEO. It, that's, a, that's a good way because there's male ego and the husband goes out to work in business normally. The woman prefers to be a little bit more in the, in the background. We're talking about, uh, you know, what, what the, the typical fe- femininity, the, and we've often talked, we're not talking about men and women, we're talking about a feminine approach and a masculine approach. Part of femininity is not to be out there fighting for business deals and going to court and legislating. That's not a feminine thing to do. Some women like to do it and they're welcome to. But for a man, it's natural. He goes to war, he fights, he battles, he argues. That's what a man does. So says Resh Lokish, if we have to, we have to have one CEO. We can't have two CEOs of one business. So the CEO is the man. And, and since the, the Torah gives him 
the right to be the CEO, they pool their assets and he controls them, she can't undo that. That That's part of the institution of marriage. That's the Machlokes, Rav Huna and Reish Lakish. Um, if we look at the Rambam, we, we can see how the Rambam learns this whole thing, it's, which is very interesting. When a man marries a woman, he becomes obligated in ten areas and he has rights in four areas. Ha'asara, of the ten, shlosha mehen mina Torah. Three of these obligations are midoraisa, they're in the Torah. These are them. One of them is she'erak sutava onata, the three, the three that are midoraita. We've learned already in the Gemara, she'erak sutava onata. And the Rambam learns, as, as one view in the Gemara says, is she'era elu mezonoteha. It says, ksuta means clothing, onata means conjugal rights, she'era means food, means support. So the, the obligation of a husband to support a wife is midoraita. Va'arba she'zocheh bahen kula midivrei sofrim. And the Torah doesn't give him any rights, any financial rights in her. Those are all takanot of the Chachomim. And one of them is liyot that her income is his. So the Torah says you have to support her. And the Chachomim say, so as to prevent resentment, she must give you her income. V'od tiknu Chachomim. That Rambam is very, very important. It says the Rambam, the Chachomim were masakin a reciprocal relationship between the Doraisa of support and the Drabonin of rights to the, to the woman's income. Those two halachot, there's an additional aspect to the Takona, were made reciprocal. So if you can look at it in a few layers, the first layer is the Chachomim say a husband has to support a wife. She's entitled to that security. Second layer is to avoid resentment if she works, which she which is entitled to insist that she does, that income goes to him, he's the CEO of the joint estate. However, there is a reciprocal relationship between those two laws and if she opts to forego her support, she also, for, he forgoes the right to claim from her income. And that way you've got a very modern household. They sit down before the wedding and they decide. Do you, uh, what's more important to you? Are you? Do you want security or are you an entrepreneur? If you're an entrepreneur and you want to go into the business world and you want to take the risks of profit and loss, and, and, and you want the upside and the downside, that's fine. Then you, we will run your income independently and I won't have any rights in it. That's fine. If you want the security of income and you can do whatever you want, you can work because you enjoy it and you love it, but whatever income comes from that work comes to me, I manage the joint estate, that's also okay. But we can't have it both ways, says the Chachon and the Takona is that they're reciprocal. They, they work one against the other. And all these things that Ramam says in Aloha, hey, even if they're not in the Ksuba, these are, these are built, they're embedded in the marriage. This is what a marriage is. Uh, and, and that's how it has to be. And we see that paskind in the Shulchan Aruch. Um, the fact that she has to give her income to him is in return for, her, for his support of her. 
Um, and, and the whole thing really revolves around, and the, and the Machlokes Ravun and Reish Lokish is, is, is what we assume the, the general woman to be in terms of the preference for security and, and the sense of belonging. Do I want that sense of belonging where my husband takes care of me. There are many women who just want that feeling of security. My husband takes care of me. And, and for that, she has to, whatever she earns goes to him. And that's fine with her. He's, he runs the business. She works. They build the business together, but he's the, he runs it, and that's fine. And then you have women who are entrepreneurs who want autonomy. They, they resent the fact they don't want their husband controlling them. They're fully confident that they can go out into the world and make a good, a good living, and they don't want their husband control. They want autonomy. And this tension between autonomy and belonging is a really important te- tension that I'm using in the business world a lot at the moment. The whole question of uh, do we go back to the office or do we want to work from home? It's not a question of location. It's a question of what is a bu- how do you build a business culture? Do people want to belong to the business? And be part of it and hang around there and, and have coffee with their, co- with their colleagues. And when there's a business function, they all go out together. And, and when there's a, a meeting, they're there and, and they're, they're, they're part of what's going on. There's a sense of belonging. But if you want that sense of belonging, there's less autonomy. Then you've got to come in and you've got to fit in with the hours of the business and with other people's schedules, there's less autonomy. Or do you want autonomy? You want to be almost like an outsourced person, you want to work from home in your own hours and do your own thing, but then don't complain that you're not part of the culture. I didn't know this was going on and nobody told me that. And you guys had an offsite and I wasn't there. You, you're, you're, you have autonomy. So this need, this discussion is today a very, very relevant discussion in all areas of life. It's with, with children, with teenagers and young adults. The teenagers want autonomy and belonging. I want you to take care of me, but I want to do my own thing. Now, there's a trade-off. If you belong to the family, then you, then you abide by certain rules of the family. If you don't, then you, you have autonomy, that's fine. So this autonomy and belonging is the machlokis Rav Huna and Resh Lokish in relationship to the wife. Do we assume that she's, that the basis of the Torah's understanding of marriage is high on belonging for the woman, low on autonomy? Or do we believe, no, it's, it's really about, we, we're, we're concerned about her. And if she opts for autonomy over belonging, she's free to do that. She has complete autonomy over the relationship. Does she want an autonomous relationship or a belonging relationship? You decide, my dear, it's your, it's your area. And that's how the Rambam learns it, and that's how the Shuchan Aruch Paskins. Um, once a woman says that, then this whole relationship breaks down. She can't say later on when business is tough, she, and he's now doing well, and she's suffering, she can't say, oh, you know this arrangement, uh, I want to retire now and I want you to support me. Says there are more, you can't say that. There's a machlok. Some, some say she can. Once she's made the call, then that takana is done and, and they don't have that financial relationship. There's a very beautiful and modern tshuva of the Maharit. The Maharit was a, a posek in the uh, end of the 16th century, beginning of the 17th century. He lived a, 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 his early years were in Tzfat. He was a Talmud of the, of the Ari's um, son-in-law. And he married, I think he married the daughter of Rabbi Yosef Karo. So he was in that generation 
after the flourishing period of Tzfat of Ari and Rabbi Yosef Cairo, um, and then Tzfat went into decline and eventually had to leave Tzfat and he went to Constantinople. And he became a Rosh Hashivah in Constantinople and Avbezin and eventually the chief rabbi of Turkey and got amazing shiles uh, from around the world, but certainly from Turkey, which was a very big community at the time. And, and he wrote shiles and shuvas, which uh, we have here in, in Simon Samar Zayn and Chush and Rishbet. He talks, if you look at the opening phrase, you get a sense, and this is such a modern approach. These women, there's women in our community who are gvirot, they are very powerful people. They're in and out of the wife. House. They're kind of they're in and out of the palace, the tirotam, and in the castles. And they are like cargo ships that bring prosperity to their home. They support the home. They're international traders. These are not little women who are weaving little chala cloths and supporting their family. No, these are major businesswomen. And they support their husbands for many years. They become very wealthy. She never opted for this. She never physically said, I don't want your income, I'm in business. It just worked out that way. Since she doesn't get support from her husband, on the contrary, she's providing support for the family. The husband doesn't just automatically get the rights to her income. The husband invests in the rights to her income. And the way he invests in the rights to her income is by providing support to her. But if he's never provided support to her, he's never made that investment. She does not have to explicitly say, I don't need your income. I'm not going to do. A very important marit, that the, without supporting her, you don't earn the right to her income. Without, without investing in her, without, without giving her her support, you don't earn the right, uh, the right to her income. That's the meaning of reciprocality or reciprocation. The meaning is that until the husband supports her, he has no right to her ma'asayadea. The obligation is not on her to say, I don't need your income. If the facts are, if de facto, She's the earner. She's getting the income. And he says later on in the tshuva, and it's been like that from the beginning of their marriage, then there doesn't have to be anything said. She's the, she's the earner. She brings in the income. He learns in kolo. That's fine. That's good. That's how they want it. But, she, but he has no rights in her income. She has no say over her business activities. And the modernity of, of Rav Huna in Bovel, all the way through to the Maharit in the 17th century, the whole modernity of it is the understanding you can't impose leadership in a business of a person who himself is not successful. The, the leader has to know what he's doing. You've got to be able to look up to the leader. So if she's a, a successful businesswoman, and he's a bit of a shlemiel, and now we're going to say, yeah, but the Torah says, you the, you the boss, you run, you run the show. Says Ravuna, not so. You run the show if you're competent. If you're the major earner, you run the show. But if she's the major earner, you've got to give that to her. She's got to run her own show. And if she's supporting the family, 
then she doesn't even have to say anything. It's absolutely understood that she's the CEO, that she has complete rights and autonomy over, over what she does, and that's not an area of what, that, the, that the husband is involved in at all. So just understanding the, this delicate balance between husband and wife in the business area and how the terrorist sees their relationship. 